in 59 on your sheet. Hail to the Lord's anointed. We're on stanza number four this evening. Arabia's desert ranger to him shall bow the knee. Arabia's desert ranger to him shall bow the knee. The Ethiopian stranger his glory come to see. The Ethiopian stranger his glory come to see. All right, so we've got an Arabian desert ranger and an Ethiopian Stranger, I don't know that there are any other hymns that uh, have, this, have this reference. If you go to Psalm 72, as I said, Montgomery wrote this hymn, and some people refer to this as an epiphany hymn simply because uh, it refers in verse... Nine, uh, this is a little more modern translation, says the desert tribes will bow before him and his enemies will lick the dust. Um, this is where he has the Arabia's desert ranger bowing the knee. And then a little bit later, it refers to the gifts from the kings of Sheba and Seba coming and bowing down and bringing gifts. Um, we're going to have that as we uh, go on with the ships from the isles and uh, later it being given out um, from the east. And so often this is used with missionary kind of fervor and brought up as a reminder that once the king comes, Jesus, then what will happen? Uh, there will be those from all parts of the world that are going to bring, them, bring him tribute. Well, that is to the Lord's anointed, the one whom we worship. And so uh, this is taken kind of out of Psalm 72, kind of verses 9 through 12 or something like that. Arabia's desert ranger, to him shall bow the knee. Arabia's desert ranger, to him shall bow the knee. In fact, that area is heavily Muslim, um, could use Christ <laughs> quite a bit. The Ethiopian stranger, his glory come to see. The Ethiopian stranger, his glory come to see. With offerings of devotions, ships from the isles shall meet. With offerings of devotions, ships from the isles shall meet. To pour the wealth of ocean in tribute at his feet. To pour the wealth of ocean in tribute at his feet. And so we do. We have a church that is spread throughout the world, one in which uh, devotion is brought to him uh, by means of our prayers and praise and the receiving of his gifts with thanksgiving. Stanza number four. Arabia's desert ranger, to him shall bow the knee. The Ethiopian stranger, 
His glories come to see with offerings of devotion, shall be to pour the wealth of ocean in tribute at his feet. Tonight we're on to the seventh petition. It's the last petition in the Lord's Prayer. But deliver us from evil. But deliver us from evil. It's not a, a, a but as in an adversative, like uh, not that, but this. Um, it's continuing to uh, expound upon this. Lead us not into temptation and dealing with the last, that last petition, but deliver us from evil. What does this mean? We pray in this petition in summary. 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 All right, so on the one hand, I'm very comforted by knowing that this is a summary petition. Why? Because, well, sometimes I pray the Lord's Prayer, and I'm going along just fine, getting to somewhere about uh, daily bread, forgive us our <laughs> trespasses, and I realize I haven't been thinking about a word of what I've been praying. And I go, whoa. I, I'm not trying to just recite this. I really do want to pray. But I usually come to my senses before I get to the seventh petition. And if I can get my mind thinking during the seventh petition, but deliver us from evil, that was a summary. Ha! So on the one hand, I'm happy. I got a summary. <laughs> if you can get it by the fifth petition, you can confess messing up the first four. Um, <laughs> and I guess if you wake up by the sixth, <laughs> you can know that you've already been tempted, haven't you? Um, so why a summary petition? Um, why, when we get to the end, but deliver us from evil, Luther says that this is a summary petition of that, well, of the six petitions, I guess, that have, that have gone before us. Hmm. How does it summarize? Mark? Because all the petitions before that deal with God loving us and saving us from our sin. Because everything he does, does that. Even daily bread. Yeah. Jane? Carrying us from evil actually covers everything that can harm us, does harm us spiritually, physically, whatever. No. True. Um, Luther, when we get to this explanation, uh, he calls it a petition in summary, but then he goes on to explain it, not just in a spiritual sense at all. Um, let's keep going. 
that our Father in heaven would rescue us from every evil of body and soul, possessions and reputation, from every evil of body and soul, possessions and reputation, So even in that list of four, I mean, yeah, but Jane mentions three out of four deals with kind of body, reputation, possessions, kind of the stuff of this life. Um, but yeah, it does. It includes the, um, uh, if God rescues us from evil, he is then giving us that which is good, what he loves us protecting us from all that comes at us. Without sin, we have no evil. We have nothing that harms us. And so here we're asking that the Lord would rescue us from every evil. Uh, is this something he wishes to do? Yeah, uh, again, he sent his son to die for our sins. Why? He does with, wish to rescue us uh, from, this, from this evil. And so we've got a a summary. Sometimes you go through list of things, you go through chapters, and then you finally get to the end, and you you know what's what's the what's the summary of this? What's the summary of this? Why is God concerned? You know, and you might say, well, we got His will, we got His word, we've got a daily bread, we've got. Uh, a temptation. What ties this all together? What's, what's the thing that God's concerned about that, that gets him involved in all of these things? Our salvation. Our salvation. He is. He wishes to save us. And the op... The, if there's two sides to that coin, you get saved, or you've also got that which is against you that you have to be rescued from. So you're saved for, and you're saved from. But it's both salvation, isn't it? Uh, and so there are these things. He wants to rescue us from body and soul. I got the soul part. Um, he wishes to forgive our sins so that uh, we might well, have Christ in our soul, that we might have uh, uh, faith that trusts in him, um, save our soul from death. Body. Why is God concerned about, well, getting us those peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? You are correct. Um, are those things hmm, uh, a danger? Well, yeah, they are. Um, can they lead us astray? Yes. Very well. Uh, we could think that, uh, well, the bread of this world is enough. Well, and we need to be taught that it is not, that we need every word that comes from the mouth of God. And yet, 
God does supply us with that which we need, the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, that I might have the strength to serve my neighbor, that I might have my strength to come here and to hear God's word, um, that I might be strengthened by these things. And so he provides that. It's not separate. It's not apart. How about possessions? Well, we all ought to renounce possessions and get rid of them all. Good, you're right. So maybe we ought to just have the pastor renounce all his possessions and the rest of us can have our stuff. You laugh. I had a, a, a member when I was on Vicarage in which he told me that was his theory. His theory was you have to make sure that the pastor is poor and not paid well. That way he'll be a good preacher. So, so I, I said, and what about you? He said, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and so, yeah, that can, that can be our God as well. And, and yet to have those things. Um, so here, the Lord is concerned. He's concerned about our salvations. He's concerned about saving us. And you know, between now and then, well, and I don't know, um, I know that at least from the time that I was brought to baptism, uh, that it's been quite a long time, 53 years worth of life of, well, of the world and the devil and my sinful nature and my daily bread and all kinds of trespasses and, and I, I don't know how much longer here, but the Lord is still concerned that I might be saved and that nothing might take me away from that. Um, what about reputation? What? The God's concerned about our reputation? What others think of us? Why? Because reputation is necessary to live among other people. It is. Absolutely. Um, it is a part of, of society. It is a part of our interaction um, that we might interact with others. And so um, that our sins might be forgiven, that we might cover over our neighbor's faults and not continue to bring them up. The more you're around somebody, the more you know their faults. The more you hear them say the things they shouldn't say, the more you hear them lose their temper, the more you And so do you think you ought to go and tell everyone? Well, I happen to hear, so I'll go and tell everybody. You know, you know what happened today? I can tell you a good whopper. Um, no, what does the Lord want? He wants us to live together, forgiving each other, living together in peace. And that's going to involve forgiving each other quite a bit. Um, and so, yes, and, and does he want us to fall into great sin and vice um, so that we do gain, maybe rightly so, a reputation? Well, he would rather us not. Um, and so he is going to, uh, uh, as we say, deliver us. His answer to us is, yes, that's what I, I desire. I don't want you to fall into temptation. I want to deliver you. Keep going. And finally, when our last hour comes... And finally. 
that's the purpose. If we're talking about a summary, salvation, and, and what is that? Uh, the scriptures say that we are to be faithful unto death. He wants us to be faithful unto death. And so, and finally when our last hour comes, the Lord is working things out so that when our last hour comes, we don't forfeit our salvation. He keeps us in that true faith. He teaches us along the way. Sometimes as a pastor, people tell me things like, well, pastor, you know, I, I, don't, uh, um, it, I don't think I've learned a whole lot. I, you know, I, don't learn, I haven't learned anything the last couple Sundays. I said, that's okay, I got the long view. What's that? I said, I'm getting you ready to die. Um, maybe you got another 50 years. Great, I'll just keep doing this. Um, and you know, over time, the Lord is going to strengthen you. This is the way he does it. And finally, when our last hour comes, give us a blessed end. And finally, when our last hour comes, give us a blessed end. What would be a blessed end? What would be a blessed end to this whole thing? Die in the faith. That would be a blessed end. That's what I'm asking for. I, I don't know if I'm going to die in my sleep or if it'll be in a car wreck or whatever it'll be. What, whatever. Give me a blessed end. Give me that in which I die in, in the faith. So, the summary petition to deliver us from evil that we might have a blessed end. How does God do that? How does he do that? We talk about, we're praying for these things. And so what's he going to do? So that we have this blessed end. Even without our prayers. Even without right. our prayers. The fourth through the seventh, uh, well, four through the sixth, really. It's what we need. And so, the seventh petition, we're just asking them over again. The, I really do need this. Like, so, at the beginning, the given is this God's going to send, he's, He sent us His Son, even though we didn't deserve it. He sends out his preachers so that we continue to hear the word. And that word, like the rain that falls down, doesn't return to void, but it accomplishes the purpose for which he sent it. Um, and so, as Pastor Rin said, it's a given. The Lord is going to work through his will and his name and to, to provide and to give you those, those gifts with you need so that you're brought into the kingdom and you remain in the kingdom. Um, Particularly, we talk about uh, the word of God, which quenches all the darts of the evil one. Yeah, by the teaching of the word of God. Um, uh, you may not feel it. I don't really feel uplifted. That's okay, I gave you the word. You got the word. That's the thing that's going to keep you in that. Um, then he's going to continue to give out his gifts to us uh, and to shower those out. 
And so he's going to give us daily bread, and he's going to give us these, these things as well. Um, that we might come to that end of our life in which we have true faith. We have a blessed end. Last part, and graciously take us, and graciously take us from this valley of sorrow, from this valley of sorrow to himself in heaven. From this valley of sorrow to himself in heaven. From this valley of sorrow to himself in heaven. Sometimes when the scriptures speak about this world and they speak about it as a valley of sorrow or they speak about it as a, a shadow of death, uh, they speak about it as a sinful world. Sometimes we kind of go, I don't know, it's not that bad. Doesn't seem like a terrible place. Valley of sorrow? Um, hmm. What is it? Yes. And are we, it's our I think part of it we don't take our sin seriously is why we go, yeah, valley of sorrow. Right. Um, and so we need to be taught the very thing that we don't see it. We don't recognize it. We don't know it. Um, you know what? I have got a terrible, rotten, uh, um, damnable old Adam, and he's living in me. You know how long I've been kicking him around? Yep, exactly. And you know what? I, you know, has he gotten any better? No? How often do I have bad thoughts? Sinful thoughts. All the time. And I go, oh, this isn't so bad a place. You know, I, I got used to kicking that around. Um, yeah. I mean, did, you know, there, there's, that, there's that progression in life, right? Um, there's, there's the progression in which you... You think that everything is, is, is great, right? You're, you're pretty sure that your father and mother is absolutely perfect and they know the answer to everything and they're always doing everything right. And then there comes a point in which you kind of go, wait a minute. They, they really don't even know how this is supposed to go. They're, they're, just, they're just winging it, right? And then you realize what? You know? So am I, yeah, and I, I realize that's sinful. Um, you know, I was in school one time, and, and um, I, I, got, I got my lesson. Uh, I, I had someone, they punched me in the nose. I got a bloody nose. And I thought, all right, now the teacher's going to come, they're going to take care of this. And so they took me, and they took uh, uh, the black girl that punched me in the nose, and they put us both in timeout, and we couldn't go out in the playground for a week. I go, what's the deal with that? They said, well, if we just put you, you know, they're going to uh, get us on segregation and you're going to have all kinds of trouble. But if we put both of you, you're not going to get beaten up anymore. Okay, I, you know, at some point you learn what? This world is what? Unfair. It's unfair. It's not perfect. 
The government, you know, it doesn't always do what's right. There's rotten people in it. There is, what is this world? I gotta deal with the world, guess what? All the time. There, I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. We got a sinful world. There, you know, everything's kind of being held in check. You know what happens if you remove some of those things? What, what happens if you take the power away? All of a sudden there's looting. People go, no, people wouldn't do that. Yep. They would. They would. Absolutely. Um, so what do I need? I need a God who is going to protect me from evil. I, and this is a valley. He will take me from this valley of sorrow to himself in heaven. I can't even tell you what that's going to be like. Because I've never experienced that kind of perfection. When we get to the summary petition, uh, um, as Luther so correctly puts it, we get to the end and he says, all of this, one through six, is all about getting you to that last hour in which you're going to be taken home, that you might be faithful unto death, that you might receive the crown of life. Um, and so it teaches us that we might always, I think Pastor Arun said it, that we might always be crying out for him for the things that we need. Because, well, we wouldn't realize it unless the Lord had, had told us. And so that, that's what we have when we get to uh, the seventh petition, a, a summary petition. Questions? Open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning is now and will be forever. Amen. Praise to you, O Christ, King who comes to save us. You may be seated. The reading is on the back of the bulletin. It's from Matthew chapter 11. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see, and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. As they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what did you go out to see? 
a prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. This is God's word. The hymn is Hail to the Lord's Anoint. Hail to the Lord's anointed, great David's greater son. Hail in the time appointed, his reign on earth begun. He comes to break oppression, to set the captives free, to take away transgression, and rule in equity. He comes with succor speedy to those who suffer wrong, to help the poor and needy and bid the weak be strong, to give them songs for sighing their darkness turned to light, whose souls condemned and dying were precious in his sight. He shall come down like showers upon the fruitful earth, and joy and hope like flowers Spring in his path to birth. Before him on the mountain shall peace the herald go, and righteousness in fountains from hill to valley flow. Arabia's desert ranger. To him shall bow the knee. The Ethiopian stranger, his glory come to see. With offerings of devotion, ships from the isle shall meet. To pour the wealth of oceans in tribute at his feet. Kings shall bow down before him and gold and incense bring. All nations shall adore him, his praise all people sing. To him shall prayer unceasing and daily vows ascend, his kingdom still increasing, a kingdom without end. O'er every foe victorious, he on his throne shall rest. From age to age more glorious, all blessing and all blessed. 
The tide of time shall never his covenant remove. His name shall stand forever, that name to us is love. Amen. John's in prison. He sends disciples to ask Jesus, are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Now John already knows who Jesus is. Uh, he was pointed out to him, uh, even by the Heavenly Father with a vision. Uh, he was told of him. He saw him at the baptism, and John said, I wouldn't have known it was him, except the Holy Spirit came down upon him. Uh, there is no doubt that John uh, knows that this is the Messiah. Nevertheless, he is suffering. He is locked up in prison. And so, in particular, in this one, it says, when... John, who, the one who was in prison, heard about the works of Christ. Hmm. So what, you, what kind of things was Jesus doing? He heard about some things. He heard, oh, he heard about Jesus. He'd been telling people about Jesus. He'd been pointing out Jesus. He'd been telling his own disciples to follow Jesus. And now he hears about what Jesus is doing What's some things Jesus did? First miracle? Turned water into wine at a wedding. Made it very festive and joyful. Um, okay. Um, what else? Heals a blind man? People that are dead, young boys, girls, young come back to life. Um, yeah. Jesus is feeding 5,000, I don't, I don't know at this point you know, which one had happened. Um, here's all these things that Jesus is doing. Wow. Lepers cleansed, uh, paralyzed, walked. And that makes John go, go ask him if he's the one. I, that sounds like some good things to me. Just wondering why he's still in prison. Exactly. What's going on? If you're the Messiah, if you're the one who's supposed to come and do what? Rescue. Yeah, rescue Israel. Bring the kingdom of God here. Okay, so when do you start? One, why don't you punish Herod, right? Why don't you punish some of these evildoers? Why don't you take them to task? Uh, uh, the root, John said, was already at the tree, and then every bad tree is going to be cut down. It's going to be burned in the fire. Where are the bad trees being cut down? Where are the trees being burned in fire? Where is the hell and damnation? All I see is Pretty nice stuff going on. Good miracles. Happy yeah, they are good. Um, hmm. 
John comes um, later on, says, did you come out to uh, see someone dressed like a king in fine clothing? What was John wearing? Camel's hair, leather belt, um, looked like a, a, a mountain man, you know, uh, definitely not. And so here comes Jesus. How does he look? Just like a normal person. Um, he happened to have a nice robe, a seamless robe we know, but I mean, other than that, he had nothing of any special value. And so John goes, where is it? Where is it all? Go ask him. Um, I think, I personally, Luther says that uh, John does it for his disciples' sake. Um, I don't think so. I think John does it for his own self, and I don't think John is wanting an answer. I think John is trying to get Jesus to do some of the things that John said he was going to do. And so he's saying, you better get on with it. Like, I've been in prison a while. It's about time. Um, what does Jesus say? He says to them, you go back and you tell John, what's this? The things which you hear and see. What do you see going on? And he, and, and he gives a list. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor of the gospel preach to them. What did Jesus do when he told them, you go back and tell John these things are going on? He reminded him of the prophecies. Exactly. What did Isaiah say? Isaiah said, pretty well word for word, that's what's going to happen. When the Messiah comes, he's going to give sight to the blind, he's going to do this, he's going to do this. Then who am I? You're the one. What about this thing about getting him out and about all this other stuff? What's his answer to John? Yeah, he did. Not my plan. Yeah, not, he didn't really give them an answer. I mean, I think that's why you shake your head. You're like, well, he didn't even really deal with it. Um, I mean, I, I guess it could be patience. But for John, yeah, he's going to have his head chopped off. John was pretty tough. Cause this, this, we're not talking about prison like our guys got This is more misery than you want to think about. Yeah, and, and again, we're not talking about patience till we're talking about patience until you die in prison. Um, so no, not necessarily. So here we have, and pretty well, he doesn't give them an answer, but says, if I'm doing these things, then I must be the Messiah, and therefore, what do you do? You trust in him, even in the midst of all of your suffering, despair, whatever you have going on, your temptation. If you're in prison, this is the Christ. Do we look for someone else? No, he's the one. Which is what it was really like. what he's giving John. Hmm. Maybe I don't know. Shane. Well, when he says left is he was not offended because of it. He's saying, don't lose faith because you don't see what you think you can see. I think at times we can be offended. John can be offended. I don't. I, I don't like the way that he's working his kingdom out. Um, now he's doing it according to his will. It's not that God is wrong. But according to what we want, I think he's just saying, hang in there. Hang in there, absolutely. 
I would agree. I would agree. Don't be offended. I'm the one, I'm working out my plan. I want God to, to, to write the, ju the judgments right now. And he's holding off. Um, I want him to rescue me by healing me. And God says, no, I'm going to do it another way. Um, whatever God does. Very good. Very good. Absolutely. John went out preaching. How well was he received? By the people. By the people, he was received very well. In fact, they flocked to him. Um, that's why the leaders come. Um, they want to find out. They, they're trying to figure out how do we like, take care of this, or how do we control him, or how do we bring him in. Um, and so the people are all going out to him, and they, they got to go out, they got to find out what's going on, why is this, and what, what is this preacher um, that is going on. And, and so he, he was, yes, he was received. There was you know, thousands of them coming. Um, at the time that John is pointing people to Jesus, John uh, has special prophet clothes. <laughs> the mountain man thing that God had him to wear. John is the son of a priest. John has, you know, this, this baptism and whatever. When Jesus comes, layman, nobody, poor, Country preacher from somewhere, who is this? And John's saying, everybody go to him. They didn't think much of Jesus at first. When they come to John, tell me why John has to say, um, we're going to see uh, uh, later, why does John have to say, I am not the Christ? Because what? Yeah, because people were thinking, you, you might be it. Um, John had a purpose. And Jesus wants everyone to know what John's purpose was. What was that? Yep, he is to prepare the way. Right? I will send my messenger before you. He will prepare your way before you. Did John prepare the way for Jesus? Absolutely. Did he do his job? Absolutely. Now his job is done. He is in prison. And he is to hold on till the Lord takes him home. Um, but he has done his job. What was his job? He did preach the law. Without a doubt. He told them repent. When Jesus comes, 
We have great things going on. The great things are the, the raising the dead and giving sight to the blind and opening the ears of the deaf and, I don't know, preaching to the poor. That just doesn't sound like it's a great thing. How, is that a great thing? Does that go in that line of like, oh, here's all these miracles and, and the gospel is preached to the poor and I kind of go, well, that doesn't sound like a big deal. Actually, that's the greatest part. That's the, that's the crowning miracle. Wow, what happened? Jesus came preaching the gospel to the poor. How did they get to be poor? Yes, by the Holy Spirit preaching the law through John. This is the spiritual poor. This is those who received the gospel, the good news. This is those who have now have faith. This is... Yeah, this is all according to God's plan. This is the way it was. Who did you go out to see? Someone who told you whatever you wanted, a reed swaying in the wind? No, he told you of your sins. Did you go out to see, you know, a fancy king? No, he was a prophet. Well, what did he tell you? He told you two things. He told you, confess your sins and... Be baptized. Be baptized for the forgiveness of sins, that you might be united with the Savior, with Jesus. Ah, and here he is! and points him out, and directs everybody to him. Um, at first they said, no, no, John, you're, you know, you're the one. Nope, you're going to go to Jesus. Um, and so he points him out, I'm going to send my messenger ahead of you. And so he's the one who comes ahead. He's the one that prepares us for Jesus. He's the one that, that leads everyone out into the wilderness to confess their sins so that the preaching of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, might be received. And it was. Um, we would say, to the degree then that John was received, and we also have the people also receiving uh, Jesus and, and his preaching and, and his coming. Um, John's a prophet, but how is he more than a prophet? Hmm. Not just a prophet. More than a prophet. He's a prophet. All the prophets in the Old Testament told about Christ. All of them preached. He actually got to see him. He's actually the one who, prophesying about him, said, and this is it. Everyone else kept saying he's coming. And John got to actually say, here he is. This is the one. Points him out. You might remember the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and says, there he is. And baptizes them. Um, we normally talk about everyone uh, uh, is by faith. John, Abraham died in faith. Looking for it. John, in sight, got to see true God and true man, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, more than a prophet uh, in pointing him out. Comes down to the end. Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there is not risen one greater than John the Baptist. Jesus holds him up. Um, Jesus doesn't say uh, that, that John has left the faith, that he is a failure because he's in prison or whatever. He holds him up and says, no, no, this is the one of whom there is no greater. He's greater than the prophet, and, and of those born of women, none greater than John, with one exception. He who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Yeah. And um, who is that? And who is that? 
If there's going to be a comparison between Jesus and John, Jesus is the one. Uh, so those disciples, what did they do? Well, I don't know. I guess they went back. What did they tell John? Good news. Preach the good news to him. Um, that Jesus is the one. Uh, hmm. And John? Go back to Jesus. <laughs> exactly. I think afterwards, he sends them back to Jesus. Um, they've done their purpose. And now he's prepared. He is ready for the blessed end uh, for, for that to come uh, for him as well. All right, so what do we got going on? First Sunday in Advent. We've got Jesus coming incarnate in the flesh. But the story is not the baby in the manger. The story is Jesus coming on a, as a donkey into Jerusalem in order to die for the sins of the world. We've got him, his coming in the flesh for that purpose. Second Sunday, we've got the uh, announcement that Jesus Christ is going to return again with the uh, second coming, coming again. There'll be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. He's coming back again. Second coming. But what is the point of that? The point is, everything's passing away. You better give your attention to... To the word. My words will not pass away. We get to Advent number three. We've got, yes, we've got John the Baptist, but particularly we've got a discussion about the content of those words. What is the content of those words? John came preaching law. Jesus comes fulfilling the gospel. Now, it is true, John preached both law and gospel, and Jesus preached both God. Their message was the same. But we do have John preparing the way for Jesus. And so we have this working out together in which Jesus comes to do that which was foretold about him. So John prepares the way just like the law prepares the gospel. So this deals with the content of that message uh, with the third Sunday in Advent. Well, we got four Sundays, so we'll have to come back next time and see what the fourth theme is. Questions? All right, prayers this evening. We'll be using our blue sheet, which has the first three chief parts of the catechism. It also has Psalm 1, which talks about the man who gives the attention to the word and thus knows uh, that truth. We're also using our prayer, well, which is the colic for peace at the end of the day. Uh, which speaks about rescuing not just from our enemies, but from the fear of our enemies, because you see, our enemies will never go away. We're going, they're going to be with us, the devil, the world, and our sinful nature. Um, take away the fear that we can face them. Uh, other prayers for this evening? Um, your family, Joanne's family, she passed away on what? She died on Monday. So you'll be going to the funeral. We'll pray for uh, Miller family. Joanne Mueller. 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 Yeah. And Violet. Did you say Violet? 
safe travel for her. She'll be leaving tomorrow. All right, please stand. Let us pray. Holy God, holy and most gracious Father, you shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. He says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, 
Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Let us pray. Lord, we implore you, give ear to our prayers and lighten the darkness of our hearts by your gracious visitation. For you now live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would be with the Mueller family uh, at the passing. Uh, we ask that that news of the gospel might be preached to those uh, who need to hear good news. We ask also that you would keep safe uh, our member Violet uh, as she travels and uh, send your angels to go with her and bring her back safely. We ask it through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, continue to send out your word uh, that we might be prepared uh, and ready, not only for our Lord's coming to us each day in the word to strengthen us, but especially that we might be ready when our last day comes. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. O oh God, from whom come all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works, give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey your commandments, and also that we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may live in peace and quietness through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord bless us, defend us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life.